Okay, everybody, welcome back once again to Tech Gumbo. I'm Haggai Davis II, along with Haggai Davis III, and we'd like to welcome you to Tech Gumbo. Here on our show, we like to talk about the past, present, and future of all things technology in a topical, interesting, and digestible way. Without geek speak or a bunch of acronyms, we just want to talk about technology that's important to us and important to you. We also want to thank Cardinal Capital. To business owners and CEOs, hopefully you have a good relationship with your lender. Even if you do, sometimes you face other challenges, such as a need to consolidate debt, a want to level out your cash flow, or a desire to buy new equipment because you're in growth mode. If this describes you, give Cardinal Capital a call, whatever your need or challenge. They have over 4,000 lenders where they source commercial capital for business clients. Chris, Gary, and Rob at Cardinal Capital have a passion for business, and they want you to succeed. When you meet with Cardinal Capital, they get to know you and your business, so they can present your needs to lending institution that will best fit your unique situation. In short, they go after money for your business. They translate your business into what's important for lenders, and they are good at it. Depending upon what the deal is, no matter how complicated or straightforward, they will help maximize your profitability while setting your business up for success. They find the best solution for your situation, all while being fun and easy to deal with. For more detailed information, visit their website at cardinalcap.net. You can also call them 225-308-3700 or email them info at cardinalcap.net. Okay, Mr. Davis, let's have ourselves a big old helping of tech gumbo today. It's been cold in New York City recently, so that sounds great to me. Well, South Louisiana, we hadn't quite got to gumbo weather, but we'll do some tech gumbo instead. Start off with the news and updates as we like to do here. This is kind of a follow-up to the iPhone 15 and iOS 17 follow-up over the last couple of weeks. Turns out that being the first in line isn't always a good idea after all. Yep, this is kind of what we had warned about. We didn't know exactly what would happen, but it just usually shakes out that there's something going wrong. The new iPhone 15s have reported pretty intense overheating with one person using an infrared camera to measure his iPhone at 116 degrees. Yes, that is incredibly hot. And when you consider that the amount of energy that phone is expending to create 116 degrees, how long do you think that battery is going to last? Probably not all day. Oh, that's a great point. It's also not going to last that long over the long term because batteries don't like to be that hot. You've got some got some issues here, and Apple's going to have to take themselves a second to dig through what's happening, dig through the log reports, and go and uh, adjust some of those software levers to make sure that you don't have this happening anymore because this is bad. <laughs> this is really not good. I mean, so this was a, a Korean YouTuber who has posted this video of, of him measuring the, the temperature of his phone. And that's pretty rough if that's what's happening. If it's, Is it a random phone going rogue or is this happening to a lot of people? Don't know. If you're out there with an iPhone 15 having problems, hey, let us know. We'd like to hear. Yeah, there have been some reportings to show that this is happening on all the new iPhones. It's just the most intense on the Pro Max or whatever the highest version is. But yeah, it is. It's still so new. The phones have only been out for two weeks, so there's not a lot of good data on it yet. But this is uh, something to keep an eye out for. 
Yes, look for an iPhone update coming soon. Next story we wanted to talk about is in New York City. Apparently, the New York Police Department has a new 400-pound robot. Yep, not super excited about this one. It is a, a very large device, uh, and it's, it's a strange shape. It's, it looks like an eggplant. Yeah, it, it looks like a, it's you know conical at the top, and it's got four cameras. It's got the NYPD logo plastered on it. And its job is just to very slowly roam around the subways and I think be a help button if people need need assistance in some way. But this just is not really sure exactly what the plan here is, how they're going to measure success, how they're going to measure failure. I'm really not a fan. So this device is only going to be sitting in the New York Times subway station and not anywhere near the railroad track where the, where the subway cars are. This is strictly going to be away from that area. Wouldn't want to be too close so that somebody might push it in or it might push somebody in. If it yeah. rogue. This device's name is K5 because the California company Nightscope made it. A lot of people are calling it R2-D2. It just kind of looks frumpy. It's it's not well designed, just visually. It By looking at it, I can't tell what it should supposed to be doing. By reading this article, I can't tell what it is that it's supposed to be doing. And if you have a device which is supposed to interact with the public, it should be very clear and obvious, and you should be communicating because if there was a button that said, push me if you need help, you would want that button to be big and large and have arrows that point to it or just, you know, highlight it in some way. And it, it really doesn't have any of those features attached to it, but it does have the cameras. And while NYPD has said so far that there's not going to be any type of facial recognition run on it, they could change their minds at any point in time. And so a lot of privacy advocates, a lot of security advocates are not happy with that possibility. Yeah, this is really kind of theater, kind of for show. I mean, it's a physical, according to Nightscope, it's a physical deterrence because it can do three miles an hour and it can provide a 360 degree recording in high definition Three miles an hour is something they're excited about? Yeah, that's... I I don't know, because it's... If you're someone who is experiencing a crime, you know, someone is trying to mug you, and you yell, help, help, I need, I need a police officer, this device is not going to slowly roll its way over to you and stop the crime from happening. I, I really don't know what it's supposed to do or how it's supposed to function... There's just so many ways where this could go wrong. It screams just a waste of money. This is a publicity stunt. Oh, absolutely. And there's just so many better ways to spend money. And I, <laughs> yeah. here we are. This is, and you, at least there could be the opposite problem that the, the robot could feel too effective and that maybe it's starting to handle too much you know okay that comes with different problems 
and at, at least it's still the police who are the ones in, that are actually going to be doing all the catching of criminals. But man, I, this is uh, not the best. Are, are you telling me there's not already security cameras in, in Times Square's subway station? So there are security cameras in the New York City subway system. The problem is, is that a lot of them stopped working 10 years ago, 20 years ago. 400-pound robot. Instead of replacing the cameras with really good modern-day technology to really see things and be able to monitor things, silly well, idea. If you remember two years ago, there was the man who bombed the subway train in the New York City subway system. And the reason that they caught that guy is because he turned himself in. There were cameras there in that station, but the cameras had, had like a bird's nest in them and had no one knows when last time that power went to that camera was. And so it was not a great showing of the NYPD's capabilities as a top tier law enforcement agency. K-5 to the rescue. Moving along, a study has come out that found even when people have found that their accounts have been breached, they just still do nothing. Uh, this is an interesting one, and it took me a little bit to think about why. And my guess is that whenever your account is breached, you really don't experience that. You probably get a notification, but it's probably kind of frustrating it looks a lot like all the other notifications that you get and whenever you click that x button it goes away your experience of that platform is still pretty much the same and so that when people already expect that their data is already out there everything that they have has already been exposed what the hell what's one more breach gonna gonna do to me except a lot yeah, that's it's very easy to have alarm fatigue or, or to brush these things off. But yeah, whenever if your password is leaked, then that could be tied to other accounts, especially if you use the same email and the same password everywhere. Well, that will be used to breach other accounts sometime in the future. So if you're not changing your passwords after something like this happens, let's say on your banking account or your credit card account, something that's where there are transactions that can really do significant damage to you. Okay, I get if you don't change your Facebook account or if you're not changing your Twitter or something like that. But if you're not changing the really important accounts, that's a problem. I agree. And it's things that you can do to protect yourself is make sure you have two-factor authentication or multi-factor authentication turned on so that that way, even if your password is leaked, if you get that notification, hey, someone's trying to access your account, was this you? And you hit no, then you are safe. That's the point of that. Because otherwise someone could try to access your account. And if you if you don't have that second layer of authentication, you could potentially have a problem. And you have to take it seriously. And you do things like use the free credit monitoring. I mean, that's it's it doesn't cost you anything if it's free, right? Set up the credit freeze on your on your account so that you don't have credit cards put in your name. We've talked about this before. 
I did that two years ago, and I still every couple of months get a new letter saying we've denied your application for a credit card. I've never applied for, but because I had the credit freeze, the credit cards were not being approved. And you got to take these things serious. Yeah. You know, it's also you can set up the notifications of your financial data. One of the things that we talk about is that your phone will send you large amounts of notifications that every app that you download and log into wants to send you a hundred different notifications because they're all competing for your time. You should turn most of those off, but you should make sure that you get the notifications from your bank, from your credit card, from places where you spend money, make sure you still get those notifications. And that also on your phone, enable the two factor on that, you know, turn on the thumbprint or something like that. So if you lose your phone or your phone gets stolen, that person can't just sit there and log into your bank and just start sending out money because it's already logged into your phone. Yeah. Use the facial recognition on your phone as, as your two factor authentication. It works. It's a good thing. And moving along, we want to talk about a story. This is a pretty cool company that you probably have never heard of, but it is very important. It's called Applied Materials. That's right. So Applied Materials has been around for a long time, and they don't make the actual microchips. They make the components that make the microchips. Yeah, so that they make semiconductors. And this is a company which is based in Santa Clara, so right there in Silicon Valley. And they are incredibly important to the American manufacturing industry. So Applied Materials, their their chief rival is LAM Research, Tokyo Electronic, and KLA. And so there's there's a lot of there's some competition, but Applied Materials has like the majority of, of the businesses out there. And they have been making these components that have allowed Intel to create their microprocessors and, and AMD and all the other companies so that companies like TSMC and Samsung, when they build their chips, they're, they're getting things from applied materials to build these chips. Yeah, there's a quote with one of the lead scientists that the type of innovation that they've done, to put it into perspective, in the late 90s, if a chip had six layers that was state of the art. Now chips are at 19 to 20 layers. And so that just allows you to stack more and more and more transistors into the same space. And again, whenever you have more transistors like that, you can start doing more calculations. And that is really what is fueling our ability to keep accelerating our technological processing capacity. And then you look at a company like NVIDIA, which is just an amazing company. The graphics processing units that they're making is second to none. And everybody who's doing any kind of artificial intelligence development is using the NVIDIA chips. And it's really funny because NVIDIA didn't set out to become the leading GPU manufacturer for artificial intelligence. They started off doing video games and have been doing video games for most of their lifespan. That it, That is really what it was designed to do, was that the CEO realized that if he wanted to make video games process images better, that he needed a specific type of 
hardware, a specific type of architecture of that chip, which allowed it to do those calculations to display the graphics better. And that's why the, the GPU is the graphics processing unit. It just also turns out that that type of hardware, that type of architecture is exactly what all these AI models need. Because NVIDIA does it the best, they have more than 70% of the market share when it comes to AI chips. And right now, customers are willing to wait 18 months to buy an, an NVIDIA system instead of buying something from a competitor. Yeah, this has led to huge profits for the company. Their revenue has doubled this year and their quarterly revenue has tripled. This is a very successful company who knows what it is doing and they really are the bottleneck for a lot of artificial intelligence research moving forward is that they can just only pump out so many so fast. The big thing that happened for NVIDIA back in 2012 when they came up with the GPUs that were able to achieve human-like accuracy in recognizing images. And that just made the video gaming world and these artificial intelligence chips so much clearer, so much cleaner. And it just it set them apart and nobody's been able to catch up to them. That's why they have such a huge share in this market space. It really is very similar to why the Taiwanese semiconductor company is so far ahead is that it's not like software wherever you can just kind of build it. It doesn't require a whole lot of people. You know, we talk about the team at OpenAI is actually very small comparatively. It is less than 500 people at the world's leading AI research firm. But these hardware companies, it is very, very difficult to get that type of precision and that type of experience and that type of knowledge and expertise. That takes a very long time to build. There's only a small number of people in the world who have that and can be trained on that. And so there's a small number of companies doing this. And NVIDIA Applied Materials, the Taiwanese semiconductor uh, company, TSMC, they aren't you know the big name brands, but they are very important. The last story we wanted to get to, Spotify is releasing an artificial intelligence voice translation for certain podcasts. This is something wherever you just kind of have to say this is cool because it is cool. They're doing uh, several of the big podcasts, Lex Friedman, uh, Armchair Experts, and Diary of a CEO, wherever they're using the artificial intelligence and the voice synthesizer to translate it into other languages, which is it unlocks a ton of content for these new markets. It allows people who have really interesting thoughts and ideas and conversations to make its way outside of the Anglosphere. But boy, does this terrify me because the abuse cases here are just however large your imagination is. Yeah, this this is one of those things where, okay, we we let the horse out of the barn and it's running wild. The barn has burned to the ground. So we're not going backwards. What kind of guardrails are, are we going to do or what kind of guardrails are we going to use to put in place so that this doesn't get out of hand or starts mistranslating things? Or what happens if it 
takes a voice inflection the wrong way, because this is not going to be releasing a week later after somebody's had a chance to run it through. This is real-time translation, and as as languages translate, things can get dicey real fast. Yeah, that's a great point. Spotify really needs to make sure that they have quality control both on the listening end and that they are not just handing this model out and that they are using it only internally. We want to thank General Informatics for sponsoring our show. General Informatics is an information technology firm with a mission to make our clients even more successful through the best use of technology. Based in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, General Informatics is a premier IT managed service provider delivering exceptional managed IT solutions to a diverse base of customers across the southeastern United States. From the beginning, we have maintained our commitment to meeting the growing needs of our clients through continuous innovation. With over 20 years of experience and a team of 180 plus employees, including technicians, engineers, program designers, GI has evolved to become the leading IT partner of business schools and government agencies. Our managed services teams can run your digital infrastructure or support your team on an on-demand basis, letting you focus on your business strengths. This has become a proven formula. So proven that 98% of our clients continue to do business with us year after year. Whether you need IT services, new technology, or have a question, visit us on the web at geninf.com. If you enjoyed our show today, we are here on Talk 107.3 FM every Saturday at 4 p.m. And the show reruns Sundays also at 4 p.m. If you missed any part of the show or you'd like to hear this or previous episodes, check out our podcast. Available on almost every podcast platform, including iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music Audible, and more. When you're there, be sure to subscribe so you get notified every time we post a new episode. If you like our show or you have any suggestions, let us know on our website at www.techgumbo.net. Thank you for listening to Tech Gumbo.